1: For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Truman's Town Hall with your host, Matt Truman.
2: Hello, hello. This is Matt Truman. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for sharing with a friend. Hope everybody is having a great day out there. Today is January 22nd, 2021. All right. Joe Biden is your president. That's right. He's your president. And if hey, don't do what a lot of those liberals did last when Trump was elected and say, oh, he's not my president. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Don't do that. Don't do it. He is your president. He's my president, he's your president, he's all of our president. But be prepared that he's your president. If you don't know, he's already signed a few executive orders, and we'll talk about those in a minute. But let's listen to a clip from his inauguration speech, shall we? Let's listen to it.
3: We must end this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus Ireland.
2: All right. If there's any country boys out there messing with Erlin, I got something to say about it. You leave Erlin alone. If I had a market for t-shirts, and you can use this, I would make a t-shirt that said "Hands Off, Erlin," and with like a cowboy hat in there somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> Let's listen just let the man finish. I know somebody's out there so just let Biden finish. all right let's let him finish.
3: And this uncivil war that pits red against blue, rural versus Ireland or, or rural versus urban, conservative versus liberal. we can do this if we open our souls instead of hardening our hearts if we show a little tolerance and humility. And if we're willing to stand in the other person's shoes, as my mom would say, just for a moment, stand in their shoes. Because here's the thing about life. There's no accounting for what fate will deal you. Some days, when you need a hand, there are other days when we're called to lend a hand. That's how it has to be. This is what we do for one another. And if we are this way, our country will be stronger, more prosperous, more ready for the future. And we can still disagree. My fellow Americans, in the work ahead of us, we're going to need each other. We need all our strength to, perse- to persevere through this dark winter. We're entering what may be the toughest and deadliest period of the virus. We must set aside politics and finally face this pandemic as one nation. One nation. And I promise you this. As the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We will get through this together. Together.
2: You know, I kid the big guy. And I mean that. The big guy. Some of y'all know what I mean by that. That was that was good. That was good. It didn't send it, a chill up my leg, but it was good. We should step in each other's shoes and listen. We should do all that. Oh, Uh-oh. I left the YouTube open. But anyway, we, we should step in each other's shoes. We should listen to each other. We shouldn't pit urban against rule or rule against urban. See, I can't even, I don't even know how to say that word right And I'm busting Joe's chops, but I have an edit button and I can edit all that out. So it's all good. No, but it, it was, it, that was a good piece, right? Whoever wrote that speech though, however, has never seen war that that's my opinion. I didn't look up who wrote it or anything. I just know they haven't seen war. It that sounds good an un unci- you know let let's not have an uncivil war. We're in the middle of an uncivil war, or whatever. Civil war is not civil at all. And they try to use that play on we're uncivil war. Come on. War sucks, dudes and dudettes. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I mean, right now, there there's protests happening over in Seattle and Portland, burning the American flag, burning the Biden flag, saying bad things about Biden. That during the sermon, we thought that they were, you know, Antifa. We thought that they were with Biden. They say they want revenge, Antifa does. I don't know. I pray for them, man. Strange times. Strange, strange times. I I feel, (laughs) I look at my kids and I, I almost want to apologize to them. Like, I'm sorry I brought you into all this. I didn't know it was going to be like this. I started having kids in the nineties. I mean, we had Bill Clinton. I remember walking my son when Clinton was bombing Kosovo. And that, I don't know if you guys remember when the that stealth bomber got shot down. I remember that day very well because I was watching it on the news and then I was walking my son in a stroller. He's now in his twenties, but how time flies. Are we better off today with Biden than we would be with Trump? I I don't know. Right now it doesn't appear so. I'm going to play something, play another clip from John Brennan during the inauguration, or after, you know, MSNBC brings on John Brennan, former director of the CIA.
1: David. Uh, this is the most relaxed I've been uh, in the course of many (laughs) inaugurations I've watched because I'm not responsible for it. But I can tell you that when I was in the government, I was I had white knuckles because of the nature of the threats. But it's so much more difficult today because of what we have seen, not just over the last two weeks, but that certainly has riveted our attention. But because of this growth in polarization in the United States and domestic violence in white supremacist groups. So I know looking forward that the members of the, the Biden team who have have been nominated or have been appointed, are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas, Mm -hmm. where they germinate in different parts of a country, and they gain strength, and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that's just departed government, but also those who continue in the halls of Congress. And so I really do uh, think that the law enforcement, Homeland Security, intelligence, and even the defense officials are doing everything possible to root out what seems to be a very, very serious and insidious threat to our democracy and our republic.
2: Wow. There you go. John Brennan, isn't he a communist? I thought he was. Maybe not. I don't know. Duck, duck, go it. John Brennan, huh? Nativists. Is that somebody who who loves America? Because I love America. Libertarians, huh? I'm I'm kind of a libertarian. I love everybody. I want everybody to be equal. I want everybody to have the same liberties. I want uh, the government to actually uphold the Constitution or the charter of their city or the Constitution of their states. I want freedom. Freedom is good. I know in philosophy circles, a nativist is someone who believes that Mental capacities and things are just, you know, structures that are innate. It's not something you can acquire with learning. I mean, that's essentially the definition of nativist for philosophy. So I'm kind of wondering what he what he meant by that, but I don't know. Did he mean nationalists? Huh. He did say libertarians, didn't he? There's a big focus on white supremacists. Whoa, Matt, the Capitol. Yeah, the Capitol. I don't know. Were those skinheads or Klan members or Nazis or. I guess people would describe them like that. There was one dude in the. Ca- I saw this video the other day. I'll let you listen to it, but it's over on Truman's Town Hall Podcast Facebook page. By the way, we're off Twitter. I'm kind of dwindling down the social media, as a side note, maybe off Facebook soon too. Who knows? I don't know. Social media is kind of destructive right now. Listen to this. This is a guy who had entered the Capitol. You know, they did let people just walk in, right? They just just opened the gates. Come on in. They opened the doors. Come on in. There were some scuffles and, you know, police trying to fight back, but then there were also... Trump supporters out there at the Capitol telling the police call back up. Now you guys call back up. They are destroying our Capitol call back. I mean, but that doesn't get played on MSNBC. No, they bring on John Brennan who says libertarians are bad and anyone with a conservative bent is a white supremacist, which is obviously not true. I'm kind of conservative guy. I'm not a white supremacist. I love everybody, man. Even John Brennan. I'm going to pray for that, dude. Big time. Anyway, check this dude. I don't know. Just listen to this. We made history, guys. People are smoking weed in here. Can I please,
4: can I please hit that? We'll take history with you. I'm the weed. Thank you, baby. We made history.
2: The video, the hold on, hold on. Oh, I got a water bottle that uh, doesn't sound like a water bottle, and I tried to make it. Hold on, let me turn this up. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, <laughs> I was joking on water. Trust me. <laughs> I got too many kids. I can't smoke no weeds. Hell, I ain't even had a beer since January 6th. I went and got a beer on January 6th. I'll be, yeah, I'll be honest. But that dude from the Capitol, you can watch the video. He He's not a white dude. He's not. I'm not going to guess at his ethnicity, but he's not a white guy. He's <laughs> as funny as it is to know that there was a, do- oh, I got to turn this down. As funny as it is that there was a dude and there were people smoking weed in the Capitol. So obviously there was a lot of people that weren't there to hunt down Congress members and murder them. It was a mob. Sure it was. People died. It was crazy. And like I said on previous podcasts, my heart goes out to those people that were killed or that committed suicide. And that's a serious thing. And I don't want to make light about that. And I wanted to pause for a second and and kind of remember that. But everybody that entered the Capitol was not there to subvert the government. They weren't all insurgents. There was no plan to it. I don't, I mean, what, what was the plan? Storm the Capitol and smoke pot in the Rotunda. That may have been a plan. Hey, we're gonna go in there and we're gonna get high. I don't know. That may have been a plan. I know there were some that said we're going it, you know, I've been following Q. Guys, Q is BS. All right, it's a disinformation campaign. Who knows where it's from? Nobody knows. I'm sure it's a foreign government, but who knows? They keep putting out videos. There's these English dude. Now I'm getting off topic. I always do this. I always ramble. Sorry. I wasn't even prepared to do this podcast today. I'm just coming on willy nilly. I wanted to put one out. So here we go. It's sloppy today, but we're going to have fun with it anyway. So anyway, that guy was at the Capitol. We had John Brennan doing his thing. That's his thing. That's his rhetoric. And that guy was the head of the CIA. Wow. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. So we were talking about Q. And then there's these English guys that keep putting out videos. Those guys are idiots. I'm sorry. They're putting out false information. There is a such thing as false information. However, it should not be silenced. It should not be removed from the Internet. And it's not because I watched a YouTube video today of it. That stuff gets to roll. It gets to fly. But if I post a meme or something on Twitter, it'll get kicked off. That's all right. I left Twitter. Y'all can have Twitter if you want it. What do I need to see on Twitter? I I don't know. I can't think of anything. So, yeah. So, Q is, it's always been disinformation. I've said that since day one. And I, I tried to talk to people about Q. And when I was doing the podcast before I tried to get somebody to come on to explain Q, because yeah, like Biden said, step in somebody else's shoes. It's good to understand what other people think and let them talk. Give them time to talk. A lot of times you get on these, you watch these news shows or you watch, you know, and they're just like, wait a minute. And they interrupt them. No, let them talk. The more information you have, the better it is on these solo podcasts I do, I spend 15 to 30 minutes just bumping my gums. And I thank you guys for listening. All right, let's quit having fun for a minute. Let's get a little serious and let's look at, you know, Joe Biden's only been in office a couple of days, but let's look at what he signed. Let's look at his executive orders that he, that he signed to reverse the Trump administration's actions. And if you want to listen to people revert Back to Trump. That's not going to be on this podcast. Trump is a former president. He's not holed up in Florida in a secret base still running the government. No, uh, no. Biden is your president. Stop following this cue. Stop following those breadcrumbs. If you are, we're going to focus on, on what Biden's doing. This is Biden's America. Now, ladies and gentlemen. And before we get to uh, Biden's executive orders, CNN put out a story today saying that the Trump administration left no plan. And then when they had the press conference today, that, that was very easy on everyone, the press secretary, Biden, and Fauci. Fauci was like, no, we we have a plan. We've always had a plan. What are you talking about? No, but we're just going to adjust things because Biden's going to let me run the show a little bit. Hmm, let's see here. Any connection to China? Look up Fauci in China, duck, duck, go it, right? And look up Biden in China, duck, duck, go it. And just see for yourself, do some, do some reading. There's connections. Anyway, WHO, World Health Organization in China. Huh, interesting. It's all interesting. Let's look at these executive orders. All right, New York Times, reports on the pandemic. Mr. Biden has signed an executive order appointing Jeffrey Zents or Zents as the official COVID-19 response coordinator. Okay. We could do a little digging and see, Hey, what's this guy all about? What, what's he actually, you know, done. Never heard of the guy before national mass mandate. And that was a question at the press conference. That was about the hardest question that the press secretary The new press secretary had to answer. President Biden signed a mask mandate, yet he was at the Lincoln Memorial without a mask. Her answer? Well, he was celebrating. (laughs) You can't make it up. You just can't make it up. And uh, another executive order, rejoining the World Health Organization. Oh, they're such an honest group. Yeah, Yeah, so honest. Do some research. Oh, man, it's the World Health Order. They're the world. They're part of the UN. Do some research. Don't take my word for anything. Look it up. Another executive order revokes, and this is how the New York Times puts it, excludes non-citizen, non-citizens from the Census Act. So they reverse that. So non-citizens will now be counted. Ladies and gentlemen, the census is what we use. For funding. The census is what we use to build our districts for government officials, elected officials. Well, of course, these are the little things you have to pay attention to. These are the little things you got to pay attention to. That's not on the news. I hadn't seen that anywhere until I started reading this article. They talk about gerrymandering. That's that that is like Big Jerry, big time gerrymandering. But okay. He lifted the, the so-called Muslim ban. President Biden did. With an executive order. He has uh, halted construction on the border wall. Did he consult the border police? I don't know. Did anyone ask that question? No. No, they didn't. He also uh, signed an executive order to re-enter the Paris Climate Accords. Oh, Lord, climate change. We could probably do a whole podcast on climate change. Not that I'm an expert, because I'm not, by any stretch. I probably doubt any of you are experts on climate change either. We can believe or not believe, or like myself, I don't know. I'm not a scientist. However, what I do know is, if China doesn't eliminate their fossil fuel burning and India doesn't eliminate their fossil fuel burning and Russia doesn't. I mean, come on, the the countries, you can go on and on. If not, if we do it, we're losing money, right? The air may get a little better around where we live at. Great. Water's good. I'd love clean air, clean water. I'm all for it. 100%, 100%, I want clean air and clean water to fish. But the Paris Climate Change, the Paris Climate Accords, nah, phew, we don't need it. Day one, though. Day one. Anything for us yet? The masks, maybe. If you're into that mask stuff. Here's a big one. Joe Biden signed an executive order to halt the Keystone Pipeline from Canada Canada down to the coast, you know, through the United States, down on the coast, so we can export our oil. America was exporting more oil than they were importing. Ah, wow. Oh, but Matt, oil is bad. We need to get off oil. Okay, right. Yeah, good luck with that. Jets don't run on electric, and I'm talking military jets. Maybe we'll just do away with the military, too. Soften America up for what? Here's one thing. Mr. Biden will end the Trump administration's 1776 commission. Yeah, because 1776 to a lot of these folks, a lot of these really, really uber leftists is bad. The founding fathers were bad. The constitution is bad. The declaration of independence is bad. The bill of rights, bad. First amendment needs to be restricted against conservatives, and you know even libertarians and nativists <laughs> whatever it's i mean it's you cannot make this up it's crazy okay here's here's one that i may agree with all right mr biden also revoked mr trump's executive order limiting the ability of federal agencies contractors and other institutions to hold diversity and inclusion training if it is fair If it is fair training, yes, it is so important to learn. Okay, you know, I'm Matt. I grew up in the suburbs. I grew up poor. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, but I did grow up in the suburbs. It's good to learn from other folks who have different experiences. So diversity training, I'm okay with. So that's fine. I mean, I don't think that's a very very bad thing that Biden did there. All right. So you got to, you know, good with the bad, good with the bad. Here's another thing. You know, the government is creating a lot of this with their shutdowns, right? We could debate that. All right. Some of us will will agree. Okay. We need to shut down for the health. Others would say, you know, we can, have restrictions, wear masks, you know, stay sto- socially distant, but leave our businesses open so the economy can keep going. But he he is uh, he is extending the moratorium on on evictions, which is it, I think is good. Right, there's folks out there that are struggling, and if you say oh, you you I mean it, listen, it's good for those folks that are struggling. It's not good for the people that own the properties. So. If the government is going to do this, they may need to look at compensating, which I'm not in for all the compensation and government being the answer all the time, but there has to be fair solutions somewhere. All right. I'd much rather money go to, uh, you know, landlords who are providing homes for people versus going to Pakistan for gender studies. I don't know. I'm just saying he's also pausing student loans in the interest on on the, uh, the student loans okay for me it's it's w- whatever that's fine i'm not mad i'm not happy it is what it is okay he's also asked all of his appointees to sign an ethics pledge really <laughs> that sounds good that sounds good that sounds real good ethics are good signing an ethic pledge and then if you find someone breaking this pledge, you fire them, right? Like they fired the surgeon general today, or they asked him to step down, firing, asked him to step down, whatever. Okay. Keep Fauci fire this dude. And then the end of the article says, finally, Mr. Biden issued a freeze on all new regulations put in motion by his predecessor to give his administration time to evaluate which ones it wants to move forward. All right. Waiting a little bit. He came in running with some executive orders, though, didn't he? He sure did. You may agree. You may disagree. You heard my opinion on him. If you disagree with my opinion, I have an email. Truepodcast at com. T-R-U-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. I'll read it here live on the podcast if you have something to say. All right. In Ohio news, Governor Dwine sent Biden a letter saying what he expects from the federal government. You can read about that in the news if you want to. We're not going to talk about it on here. All right, I'm going to pull a clip off the uh, the post-depressor. Let's listen to our friend, one of our guests here, Aaron Crater, from today. Uh, well, today, I'm recording this. I record this the day before it comes out. Anyway. Uh, it was from the 21st. It was from January 21st, the post oppressor.
4: First thing real briefly, uh, the Lieutenant governor and the governor talked about the unemployment system and their massive computer failure. They've been experiencing as of late. And it's really been a, a symptom of a m- larger problem. We've been having all year with the unemployment system. Um, they keep giving us lip service on this and saying, you know what? We're really upset about this and we're very sorry about it. Well, I'm sorry. That doesn't cut it anymore. Uh, Too many, you put, Governor DeWine, you have put too many of of us out of work this year. Uh, I was out of work for five months because of your stupid actions. And a lot of my coworkers that work in this industry uh, are currently out of work and maybe facing going out of work uh, coming up because you continue the stupid 10 p.m. curfew. So fix the unemployment system. Uh, No more excuses. You've had nine nine months to do this. Uh, There's no excuse anymore for you to be carrying on like this. That's all I'm going to say about that. This is a failure of government, and that's all it is. So I wanted to look at some of the numbers, and we were talking, and this is where I think uh, what Catherine was talking about with the data uh, really segues into what's happening, affecting the business sector. The whole reason, we talked about this from the very beginning of the program today, the whole reason we are doing what we're doing is to save lives and to keep this virus from spreading across the state. So I sometimes we forget what the numbers were months ago. So I wanted to take a look back at a couple of particularly important dates in Ohio when policy change was made. So let's look at July 23. July 23 was when the mask mandate went into effect for the entire state of Ohio. Now the reported new cases on that date were 1,444 reported new cases What was our number from today? 7,271. Tell me it's working, number one. Another important date, July 31st. This is when the 10 p.m. alcohol sales curfew went into place, shutting bars and restaurants down from serving alcohol past 10 p.m. How many reported cases on that day? 1,733. Again, today, 7,271. So you tell me, Governor, you tell me, how much good is your, your stupid curfew and your mask mandate doing right now? I can show you the damage that's happening right now. I can show you the people that are losing their jobs right now. I can show you people that are losing their businesses right now and losing their homes because they lost their business. I can, sh- I can show you all kinds of damage that you're doing that way, Governor. But I don't know if you can show me the good you're doing right now because your numbers have gone up. Significantly, your reported numbers have gone up significantly since these two crucial policy changes in Ohio. So let's take a look at that next time, Governor. Instead of coming out and saying we're not seeing a trend line going down. All right.
2: The other
5: thing, sorry, I wanted to interject. Actually, really, he really did say why too. That was the thing where in the questions when he was asked about this, because of course he completely ignored the entire issue until one of the reporters asked him about it. He didn't want to talk about it at all because it doesn't fit with the data. But what he said to the to the one of the reporters that asked about the situation, because there were multiple reporters asking about it, was that, well, your industry is unavoidably unsafe in in that you can't you can't be there without a mask. Well, do we have that picture? I was just doing. (laughs) you and I were thinking the same thing.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you you can't be there without a mask why
5: can't a bar be open and this is this is entirely serious here what he's doing is he is making up reasons he's making excuses why he's going to keep businesses closed but they are they are they are baseless excuses if the if the issue is that bars and restaurants are unsafe well, why why can they follow all of these rules before ten o'clock, but not after? How does it not work in between those two? Well, that doesn't make in sense. His answer
4: to that, he answered the question today, and he said it's a, he wants to cut down on contact time. That was mm-hmm. his answer to that specific question. Well, you want to talk about extended contact time when you close the bars at ten o'clock and people are gathering in in homes uh, to watch sporting events or together for the holidays or just to hang out because it's the weekend and they want to get together, that's increased contact time. And all the time that people are inside homes, uh, they're not following any of the guidelines that we have to in the bars or restaurants, whether or not you believe they work or not. Whether you believe in masks or not, it doesn't matter because the masks are happening in the bars and restaurants. Uh, And the social distancing is happening in the restaurants and bars, and it's not happening in homes. And this is where his doctors have come out and said the spread is happening. This is where uh, all the data is showing The spread is happening right now, not in bars and restaurants. So don't come at me with your BS governor and tell me that you cannot wear a mask in a bar. And that's the reason you're going to keep us closed. And don't tell me that you don't have trends. When we just saw data from Catherine right now, pulled off your website that says the data's is going down for two weeks. So stop the lies, stop ruining lives end this 10 PM curfew. This is BS. This is crap.
2: All right. I set that clip up horribly. But that was the post-depressor with Dr. Frank, Catherine Hewig, medical doctor, Elizabeth LaFay. And you've heard him uh, here on this podcast from Ohio bar hop, Aaron Crater. That was podcast number 71. If you're interested in listening to more, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back on Monday We're going to have more news, more views, more opinion. Keep our president and his administration in our prayers, even though they may do things that you can't stand. Maybe it's a hundred percent of the time. Maybe there's sometimes it's like, okay, I agree with that. Like me. I don't think that politicians are completely wrong all the time (laughs) anyway. But if, if you do, If you think Biden, there's no way I'm going to like Biden, but okay, that's fine. Keep him in your prayers. His success is our success, right? Hopefully, you know, he, he returns to the moderate Joe Biden. We'll see. I, I doubt it guys. I think the political climate has really shifted far left in this country. And we're going to probably talk about that at a later date, even For Democrats, like, you know, mainline centrist Democrats, some of our family, it's shifted way further than that. But keep him in your prayers. Keep our vice president, Kamala Harris, in your prayers. Keep our governor in your prayers, our lieutenant governor, you know, your mayors, our politicians, I think, should all be in our prayers. It's important. They're they're the ones that are controlling the government right now. They're controlling the direction that we go. And trust Jesus. Trust and love Jesus. If you haven't, think about it. I think it's important. Anyway, that's all I got today, guys. I appreciate you downloading this episode. Please share this podcast